the ghost nuts, motherfucker. I don't care who you are back in the world. You give up position one more time. Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast that breaks down the 1987 action sci-fi horror classic Predator one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie. And I'm Jeff Glover. And today we're not joined by any guests. Oh, sad face. Oh, just us. God, mm-hmm. sorry, everybody. Uh, uh, we had uh, my dad on last week, uh, a really a can't miss week, where he talked all about thermal vision and all his experience working with uh, heat cameras. Yeah, so that was it, awesome. That yeah, was great. Was, yeah, it was awesome. If you're interested in any of the technical know-how, just listen in last week, Minute 19. But we are talking Minute 20, the big 2-0 this week. Really exciting, kind of a milestone. Yeah, we did yeah. it. We got to the 20s. We, we we made it to the 20s. I think they said if you do your first 20, actually, I don't know what they say. You do your <laughs> first six or seven. I think it's six or seven or something like that to say, right, that's how you know you're going to keep with it if you put out that many. So, yeah. That's the threshold. I think that's the threshold. So I've done, right, we've done about three times that so far, times the threshold. Well, that's about when you started having me on every week. So that really is. What I'm trying to say, John, is you're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Good song. Oh, we must be parents. Oh, There's man. your first drop right there. Oh, play good, good <laughs> Anyway, not Moana Minute, although that'd be a no. fun minute to do. Ooh. Really fun one. Next a lot of research, one. I'm sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. have the rock on. Anyway, so we're talking Minute 20 today. Minute 20 opens with the team making their way through the jungle and ends with Mac apparently telling Dylan a secret. Because mm. <laughs> yeah. he's we'll, whispering, right? We'll, we'll get to that. But boy, Mac is angry in that moment. <laughs> That's an angry secret. He's angry. Yeah. He kind of, well, I'll save it for when we get to that part, but uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to it. Yeah. Mac is pretty special in that. Mac. 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 Oh, sorry. Mac. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So in this minute we get um, lots of the thermal vision, which is fun. Mm -hmm. And so for the first, what, you know, 23, 25 seconds of this minute, they're really just flashing back and forth between shots of the guys moving through the jungle and then shots from the predator's point of view with the thermal vision. So, Mm -hmm. which is really cool because, you know, think back to the first time you ever saw this movie. This is a really important moment in the film. It's when it's really solidified that we have this extraterrestrial being that has a different way of looking at our at our crew yeah there's a lot of really really great camera work here and uh we should probably talk about the score as well because it's it's just fantastic yeah i was i was picking up on the score made a note that i was i was feeling some back to the future theme uh, a little bit just little xylophone drops that yeah it's i can picture marty mcfly like running through Times square you know, with that, with that music going on in the background. Yeah, I, th- I think something the music does a really good job of in this movie, it's taking these normally mundane scenes of here we are just trekking through the jungle. You could have that against, you know, any score of your choice, but choosing something like this that Alan Silvestri is putting together, it, it keeps the suspense up. If you listen to this track or this uh, theme, I think this is still Jungle Trek. Mm. Um, it's keeping the suspense up. It's 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 playing it as if it's a chase scene um, in it the is. background music. And yeah. when you're watching it you're, without the sound, you're just saying, oh, okay, they're just making their way through the jungle. There's there's <laughs> there's not, not a whole lot going on, but the, the um, theme to me really sells these liminal spaces, these between big moment spaces. Yeah, I really love it. I, I think I just said Times Square. I really meant uh, the clock tower <laughs> <laughs> courtyard area yeah. where he runs through. <laughs> Not Times Square of New York. But uh, you understand what I mean, listeners. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I can totally picture, you know, I, I see the parallels there. And I love, you're right, it just keeps the suspense up as they're, it's, you know, it if you, on the surface, it's kind of a, a, a mundane thing like they're just doing shots of guys walking through the jungle shots of the predator vision but mm-hmm. it's the score that really uh really pushes the scene through and and gives you the mood that you're looking for. and going back to the predator vision uh to me what this predator vision is telling us is that as professional as these uh, soldiers are as kind of quiet and 
stealthy they're they're trying to be and spread out it really play it, it, it to no effect when it comes to the predator with who's stalking them because the predator can clearly see them there's there's no hiding from this there's your normal conventional tactics that have you that work against humans <laughs> you know the the right. human naked eye is, is not going to fly at all yeah you kind of alien force yeah you kind of learn here in this minute that really our guys are kind of effed yeah that <laughs> you, you start to understand that oh there's this this being whatever it is is seeing them in a different way but you also learned that they can't see him yeah we're right like we get yeah. that shot of um of arnold of dutch he stops pauses because he he senses something but he looks up and then the camera moves right and we get mm -hmm. we get arnold's perspective into the trees and i watched that part over and over again yes I, me too I, yeah and i saw did you see anything i saw nothing i saw nothing and i think that's intentional don't you yeah I mean, that happened last minute too, where it zooms into a particular portion of jungle as the music intensifies or the score intensifies. Mm -hmm. And you just, and it's, you know, it's panning slash zooming. Uh, in the previous minute, in this minute, it's just a static shot of the, you know, the mid upper canopy yeah. of the trees. And yeah, I don't see any kind of like stealth camouflage wiggle. Yeah, nothing. You don't, you don't get any of that sort of like, that effect they use later where it's sort of the clear rippled body. That's what I was looking for. I thought maybe I'd see an outline of that up in the trees if I look close enough, Yeah. but no, you see nothing. And, and I think that's intentional. It's, I think they're setting the stage for the fact that the predator can see them in a way that uh, they can't see it. And on top of that, when they look up into the canopy, they're seeing nothing. Right. And uh, it's, it's establishing this, you know, this relationship or this, this, the parameters of the cat and mouse game that, that's about to be played. It's pretty cool. It's a great, it's a great scene. I really like the way it, it develops and, and sets things up. Do you think it would have been better if we're seeing here in these first couple minutes, if we see just like a little shimmer that like upon the hundredth, two hundredth viewing that you're at least seeing that little ripple, or do you think it's better just not showing that at all and not giving mm. kind of hint? It's a good question. I, I think I actually like the choice of seeing nothing mm -hmm. and still just leaving it, you know, up until now, if the viewer has never seen the film before, up until now, they're still just getting the thermal vision shots and that's it. That's their only clue. Their only hint as to what this, this thing is. And uh, yeah, I kind of like that. He looks up and sees nothing. Right. Um, I think it's pretty effective. But then he's being looked at and he's, Definitely being seen in all his heat glory, Arnold right. is. Yeah. The predator can see the outline of Arnold's glistening muscles in the jungle. <laughs> right. Giving off, a, <laughs> giving off a lot of heat there, Arnold. Giving off his own heat. <laughs> <laughs> Must have just come back from like a, a heavy workout or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Doing oh. the buys and tries. Yeah. Oh, buys and tries. <laughs> I need. <laughs> I need a smoothie with a <laughs> shot of protein powder. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I, I wonder what, what were they doing back then? What was their, you know, their whole recovery regimen? Were they doing the old protein smoothies or what? I always feel like in older movies, you see them like crack the raw egg into the glass. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Totally. Just fucking like disgusting. Rocky style. <laughs> yeah. I've tried yeah. that one time and it was just. Did you really? No. It, it was so gross. It's just. Oh. The texture, you know. Wait, wait, wait! I need to hear the context <laughs> behind this. Pause. Well, you know, I was, pause I was, a predator minute. What are we? What are we doing here? I was I was working out in the garage a lot, you know, like living at do. home as you do back in the day, and you just, know, I was just doing the buys and tries, just pumping doing iron. the buys and tries. <laughs> yeah, before I knew what I was doing, but like I was all about the trying to trying to discover like what what are you supposed to you know. Yeah. put in your diet you know to build up that muscle it's like i remember rocky you know putting like three eggs in a glass and just dunking mm. it and I, I i tried just the one and it was yeah oh. it was bloody disgusting i had to probably follow it up with some i don't know some pizza or something like that something to really bulk up did you did you keep it down <laughs> yeah i kept it down i just remember wow. the texture just oh yeah if you're not used to like 
Yeah, that kind of slimy texture, just like the going down the gullet. Oyster, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I'm not, I'm not an oyster fan in the least. Yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you a big oyster fan? Uh, I do like oysters, but uh, mm. I like when I order oysters. I definitely ask about the size, and I and I, I do like because there's usually different types of oysters on a menu if you're at like a seafood restaurant. Mm-hmm. And you, if you talk to the the waiter, they can usually tell you, well, these oysters are a little bit smaller, and I tend to go with the smaller size, and then I load them up with like the horseradish, the cocktail sauce, a little squeeze of lemon, and mm-hmm. then I slurp that fucker down, <laughs> and that's good stuff. I love a good uh, oyster, but I've had oysters on on the half shell, like raw oysters on the half shell that are too big, sure. and. Uh, yeah, it, I was close to gagging. It was just too much. Okay. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. But I. Uh, but I. <laughs> <laughs> this has been your disgusting <laughs> raw food minute. Raw food minute. But no, uh, you know, I, I like a good oyster. All right. Yeah. All right. Maybe in the recommend section, you can think of like the best place people in Seattle area can go for a a good Ooh. raw or cooked. Okay oyster experience yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i can do that yeah Um, oh man so back to arnold so i was mentioning him and his workout regimen and the heat he's given up just because in doing some research for this minute as you do i came across Mm -hmm. the xenopedia entry for the predator's biomask that's what you call the the hunter's helmet Um, and I, i really just wanted to talk briefly about the predator vision itself um, this, if, if that's uh, if that's good, do it. All right. Mm-hmm. So, in addition to using this thermal vision, this infrared sensing, where they can pick up the heat signatures, uh, the predators also use ultraviolet vision mode, an electromagnetic field generator detecting mode, the electrical current mode, the neural version. Sorry, the neural neural version. I'm a little drunk, mm-hmm. uh, the neural vision <laughs> mode, um, which was really interesting to me because the neural vision mode um, picks up. It's hard to say. It's, it's a hard one to say. It's like rural juror. It's, it's okay. The rural juror. Yeah. Um, rural girl. Uh, the neural vision, doing a little bit of research, means uh, that the predator would be able to see whose friend and whose you know, aggressively, or sorry, it would be able to tell between friend and foe in that it could tell between passive civilians and aggressive enemies. I don't know how it would be able to tell that. Maybe it's like picking up on the brain scans or something like that, but it reminded me of like, like video games where like, it's like, yeah, like it shows the mood of the person. Yes. Or yes. It's like, yeah. you're the red guys. You're the bad guys. You're the blue guys. You're on my team. Don't, mm. don't stab and skin you. All right. <laughs> right. Now we get a glimpse of some of these different modes uh, in some of the Predator sequels. Is that right? Yes, yes. Um, in da, 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 namely in Predator Two, it cycles through a few. That's right. There's that scene in Predator Two where you can see him like cycle through different. Yeah, modes and I, his helmet. that right in that in the warehouse raid where they're like yeah. spraying him with all the stuff, and it's like, oh, my thermal vision's off, so I have to like cycle through these other ones. Um, I, it's been a while God, since I saw I that, but too. right. Um, I definitely remember him <laughs> just cycling through trying to find like the right filter. Like, no, that filter is not good. That filter makes me look fat. Like I want the right, right. <laughs> the, right. The right filter. It's it's the predator's Instagram. <laughs> yes. Yes. Looking like a snap. Just finding the right filter. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see. The last one that came up in the Xenopedia filter that he had was a life support system. I'm um, just making sure that he can breathe on this world which apparently he can hear on this earth planet. And I was mm-hmm. putting a question here at the end to say, what would you want your hunter mask to show? It doesn't have to be one of these, but what would you mm. want? What would you want to be able to detect at a, at a drop, <laughs> uh, moment's notice? Boy, what a blood alcohol content <laughs> <laughs> for yourself, right? <laughs> and people around me. People around um, you. <laughs> Uh, that that might be useful. Um, boy, I don't. Um, my hunter mask. What what special uh, vision could it have? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. What would you want to be able to detect? You like look around, and you've always wondered to yourself, what would I want to be able to filter everything down to be able to detect in the environment right now? 
I thought my hunter vision would show me the best pizza places because I'm a huge pizza fan. Oh, that's a great idea. I love and I love pizza by the slice. It has to be pizza by the slice mm-hmm. in order for it to be like ultimately like just expert pizza to me. And like it would absolutely have to be just what are the best places? Oh, now you got me thinking. So I would want a yeah. mask that shows me like which restaurants have the most IPAs on tap. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right. I like this. I think it helps because I'm hungry right now. <laughs> okay, so pizza and IPAs. That's the name of the episode. I'm going to type it on the document right now. Okay, pizza and IPAs. People are like, aren't they talking about Predator? Yeah, like, what? Sure. All right, so. Um... <laughs> no, the last thing we need to talk about real quick, because I was talking about killer POVs last week. Um, I was thinking back through, you know, are there any previous altered vision yes. POVs that came to mind before this movie? And of course there's the Terminator in 1984 with its own Terminator vision. And I think that's actually what it's called. If you search Terminator vision, you'll see that red and black, just dark green yeah. vision. I love that you and, brought this up. Like I was yeah. excited when you brought this up. I'm sorry, go ahead and keep going. But uh, I just want to say. Oh, I, I, I didn't have a whole lot else other than like, when they show the predator, the, the predator, the Terminator Vision, yeah. Also, and also another 20th Century Fox movie, it, it slows things down sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this kind of readout on the screen, these numbers and words, and you're not really sure what they mean mm-hmm. most of the time. Then it'll occasionally pop up with like a bigger um, command or a bigger rule or a bigger um, identifier. Yeah. identifier identifier. That's what I was going to say. I, uh, the big, the main difference is that you get that digital readout on the screen. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. always, I always loved that as a kid when I would watch the Predator, I would, or excuse me, the Terminator. I would uh, try to look at those readouts, and there was always be stuff scrolling really fast, and you just try to like try to catch things in there, yeah, um, that would that made sense in the screen. And there's less of that in Terminator One. It, Terminator One, it feels like it's more gibberish and numbers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you watch Terminator Two, when it goes into the Predator, or I keep on saying that the Terminator Vision, <laughs> you can you can pick out more stuff. Like they're a little more deliberate about the things they showed on the screen. Um, yeah. yeah, it has the. I think T Two has that that sequelitis issue of yeah. you know making it a lot cleaner and a lot more like different or delineated digital. Yeah, and like crowd pleasing. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's all from, I mean, it's all from Arnold's perspective in both movies. But keep in mind, in the first one, he is definitely the killer, the slasher. Right. In the second one, he's the hero. So it, it, there's a big change in mood when you're watching it from his perspective. It's true. Um, in Terminator One, and at least I guess in the first part of Terminator Two, where you don't really know what he's doing there, what he's doing in right, whatever 1993 or 91. But nice connection. It's fun that the uh, the previous example of an altered vision POV shot is another Arnold movie. That's Heck awesome. yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. Cool. We're going to talk some more Arnold movies later mm. in this episode too. Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that brings us to the end of the minute around second 45. And this is when we get uh, – <laughs> it's kind of a – Every, I watched this over and over again, and I kept on wanting, I kept on envisioning or or hearing in my head like a dun, 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 like a circus uh, uh, soundtrack as Dylan slips on the log <laughs> and rolls down yeah. the hill like whoop. <laughs> it's kind of comical, but he slips yeah. and he kind of falls down the hill, loses his balance, um, and uh, we kind of we the we get a cut. And the camera's back in the jungle, kind of a close-up of of Dylan as he starts to make his way back Dylan. towards Dylan, Dylan, back towards kind of towards the camera, mm-hmm. and then he gets cut off by Mac. Mac, and Mac. Mac, and Mac does um, <laughs> Mac does a kind of a Tobias Fuque esque <laughs> like emergence from the jungle because when you watch this a minute over and over again it's it's reminiscent of that because yes all of a sudden he just sort like the camera pans over and it's just like boom there's mac and you're like whoa where did he come from right it's like it's like tobias fuke coming out of no, the, i'm afraid the i just blew myself yes oh that is room. so good and like later on he has like this 
there's also like the moments where he's blue and he comes out of like the the painted sign or like the, <laughs> right, right he's wearing he's all silver and he's like comes out of like this <laughs> silver movie poster or something like yes, that yes yes uh, and you have to watch that over and over to catch that but i mean you're never going to see mac in this minute until you know he actually pops into frame uh, right. it would have been kind of cool if you, you kind of see him staring there off to the side just <laughs> waiting for dylan to come right into his face but yeah, because in the wide shot, you you don't see him at all, of course. So no, but the wide shot does an awesome, or John McTiernan does an awesome job here of uh, one editing because he's going from wide to close up, wide to close up, mm-hmm. like just like that. I think it's actually close up to wide, close up to wide, yeah, to close up, yeah, yeah. It, it switches back and forth, and it, that that's some amazing editing. If right, you've watched enough movies, and you watch how movies are edited, or how badly some movies are edited where continuity falls by the wayside as soon as you go from something like a wide to a, a close-up. It's um, true because you don't want to like, when you come back into the close-up, you, you don't want to feel like the audience is seeing him slip again, right? Like right, you wanna, yeah. You want it to feel like the movement you see in the wide shot should flow naturally into the movement of the close-up. And, yeah. Uh, that you're right. That's pretty... I didn't think about that when I was first watching it, but I mean the, the only time pretty seamlessly. Only time I want to see them like showing something three or four times happening in a row from different angles is an awesome explosion. Let's be honest, <laughs> if something blows up, then they'll switch to another angle, and then it's like restart the the sequence, then something blows up. Well, you know, have I got news for you, John? Oh, <laughs> you are in luck. Coming up soon, <laughs> we're going to see some explosions. Yes, yes. I, I'm, I'm I'm hoping. I heard this movie has some explosions. I really can't wait to see some explosions. <laughs> so look uh, at like uh, second fifty three. You see what I'm talking about? We get the close up of of, of Mac or Mac! Dylan. 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 And then all of a sudden, like the camera just pans to the right slightly, and boom, there's Mac. Oh, right. how did you right not see Mac that whole time? I know it's like he's sitting on his hands and knees, like waiting for him. <laughs> and um, yeah, so so the wide shots are there to remind us, like, hey, this is a bigger environment that Dylan's in. He's totally making too much noise. Luckily, nothing has happened right away to like to really give away any positioning or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But we do, we are faked out by the high strings right before he slips. It goes, it hits those high violin strings, those and then yeah. he slips, and then everything resets, and then he starts like you're saying about a foot away from the camera, starting to wake his way slightly camera right, slightly toward the camera. And you hear the high strings again, and then yeah, Mac's face is right there. What does Mac say? Can you? I mean, just just for our minute. What does Mac say? Does what does he, he say? He says, uh, "You're ghosting." You have it, you have it in front of you. I do. I do. Okay, says, great. He says, "You're ghosting us, motherfucker." I don't care who you are back in the world, but you give our position one more time, and that's when the minute ends. Oh my gosh! I wonder what he's gonna say. He's like, "You give our position one more time." <laughs> Hmm. We're we're gonna we're gonna throw some fists to cuffs around. What do you think? <laughs> you give our position one more time, <laughs> kick you in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> you give our position away one more time. We're gonna have a birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> you give away our position one more time. We're gonna sit down and split this cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about what you did and why you should feel bad. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, so, <laughs> so I think the, what do you think the purpose of this quick little scene is? Um, with oh him gosh. slipping and falling and then running into Mac here and Mac kind of um, laying into him a little bit. Gosh, I, I mean, to me, that's, that's funny you bring that up because it's exactly my notes following this hmm. section. Almost <laughs> like I'm looking at your notes. Yeah, yeah. Um, to me, the scene right here at the end of this minute and bridging into next minute means that uh, it's reminding us that Dylan is the outsider of this group. That he's not as sly or stealthy as the rest of uh, the team. That he's More out of his element in the field. Yeah, more yeah. experience. It's been a long time. You know, it's it's been too long for him in the field, and he's. Jumping right, right back into action. Yeah, and this really kind of highlights his vul- vulnerability here. Right? Yeah, not like, not only that, but it's like highlighting just 
right? The, the team and how they feel towards him. And, and yeah. if Mac is any, and if Mac, if he's any indication, <laughs> then, <laughs> Mac, then right. The, it's, it's not looking good for Dylan in, in the sense of being a part of this team. If they're feeling this way. No, it's okay. Instead of marching through the jungle confidently, right? He's like sidestepping over a hill, slipping, regaining his balance, and now he's getting kind of chewed out by one of the team members, and not even the uh, not even the leader of the team, right? Yeah. Um, like so, his role in the totem pole is kind of being established here, and in, in the fact that they're in the middle of the jungle, they're threatened, mm-hmm. they don't know what's going on, and uh, they've clearly got their leader that they trust, which is Dutch Arnold, and. Um, Dylan's or Dylan's place on the on the ladder on the totem pole is quickly falling to the bottom. Yeah, yeah, and and like I was mentioning, right, Mac as not the leader, uh, but someone who at this point, who to this point, I think has had all of two or three lines in the movie, just like yeah. most other characters. So this is this is giving us uh, and the greatest shaving scene in all of films. <laughs> yes, great. <laughs> He's a great shaver. He just, yeah, he can't keep that that bald head clean enough. <laughs> just even in jungle action, yeah. kind of whip whip out the blade. Um, but uh, I, I think it's also partly a red herring in that you think maybe okay, they're being watched. Is Dylan going to be one of these classic goobers who just kind of stumbles into uh, an easy kill for whoever's tracking them and? Right. Spoiler alert, like nobody is taken out that way in this movie. Nobody's like kind of stumbling into right a closet door or like right. like cowardly hiding from the uh, the, the hunter um, right. as they yeah, as they make their own dooms. There's no yeah, you're right. You can't point to like anyone making a mistake here, right? Right. They just, yeah. They just get slaughtered by the predator. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah. Just, taken out easy yeah and that that kind of speaks to the sort of the the doomsday situation that are in the the inevitability of Mm -hmm. their situation right like Mm -hmm. we as all this is building as the tension is building as they're going through the jungle you start to realize that nobody is safe here um and i mean we haven't gotten to a, a a first a death yet of one of our main characters but you know, once that starts happening, you kind of realize, oh, no, you know, no one is, most people in this movie that I have seen so far is are, are going to die. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Not a lot of survivors in this movie. That's why it's right. not called <laughs> lots of survivors. It's called <laughs> Predator. Everybody lives. <laughs> Everybody lives. <laughs> they got to the chopper. <laughs> they got to the chopper and flew yeah. away. And credits. <laughs> um, All right, cool. Well, uh, that kind of brings us to the end of the minute, right? Yeah, just, just the last couple notes I have are back to the Field manual for the army, nineteen eighty two. I like this entry that you uh awesome. That. Yeah, thanks. Good. Jungle yeah. operations. This is page five dash twenty six, talking mm-hmm. about being silent in the jungle. Uh, it says that silence in both voice and movement is essential at all times during a jungle patrol. With practice, it is possible to move steadily, deliberately, and carefully through the jungle, parting the undergrowth instead of crashing through it, <clears throat> Dylan, or cutting through it with machetes. That's like Billy. Machete. Right. Mm-hmm. Troops should avoid walking on dry leaves, sticks, rotten wood, Dylan, or anything that would make noise, Dylan. Machetes should be used to cut trails only as a last resort. Talking should be done in a whisper. And arm and hand signals should be used and cash whenever possible. But so again, my theory being my light theory being that the scriptwriters, John and Jim Thomas, were uh, reading through the jungle operations field manual for the army as they're writing the script, saying, "Oh, okay, if they're gonna talk, they should be they should be whispering," and that's exactly what Mac is doing. He delivers this awesome whispered line, just yeah, intense, just in Dylan's face like this. You ghost in us, motherfucker! <laughs> God, what a fun thing to say! Yeah, 
ghost in this motherfucker. No, I love this because I love the idea that this is actually in the field manual that they recommend trying to move through the jungle quietly. Yes. That, like to me, when I read that, that's not um, that's that's not an uh, something that I would I would think would be an, uh, an easy, feasible thing. Yeah. Right? You know, but they're saying that if you in the manual here, they're saying that if you um, you know, kind of follow these rules and do these things that you can move through the jungle quietly. And um, that's pretty interesting because I, I, I would imagine, you know, kind of tromping through and pushing out leaves and stepping on sticks, and, mm -hmm. you know. Um, it, <laughs> Rotten it's, woods. It seems, yeah, it seems like an impossible uh, feat to try to go through the jungle without making noise. But and here they're saying that, no, it is possible. And uh, yeah, I find that pretty fascinating. Yeah, I mean, have you ever tried to sneak up on someone without making any noise? Um, not successfully. <laughs> <laughs> like you play hide and go seek with your kids, right? Do you ever do the thing where you're, yeah. like, you're trying to be so quiet? But just your, it's weird, like just your body being in a room like makes noise. Yeah, yeah. you're breathing, like you just, you, you can basically sense sometimes when someone's like in the yeah. room with you. Yeah. Absolutely. Hopefully, someone you know, and that's just some like, oh my god, who's that? <laughs> Jason Voorhees. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like he's laughing. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So be quiet when we move through the jungle, which, right, is like you know, we read that as oh, that's natural. You should definitely be moving quietly as you're tracking this gorilla trail. But like you're saying, that sounds so hard you're carrying all your Super gear yeah. you're going for who knows how long how many hours how many miles yeah <laughs> and it just yeah don't but guys don't make a sound no well, sound and and as we learned soon enough this team just gives up on that pretty quick yeah <laughs> yeah they, they start yeah. making some noise they, they make some just noise. a couple minutes yeah yeah well um we're leading up to an iconic scene here with uh old painless old right painless. and uh yeah it's come to my attention that you uh, you uh, reached out and got some favorite uh, weapons from some famous iconic weapons from uh, the Movie by Minute Facebook group. I did. I, I posted that question, I think, yesterday. Yesterday or today. I don't remember. Uh, and lots of responses came through, which was awesome. Very uh, it, cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'll just run through them. And if you have something to say, just hop on there. Yeah. Give like a shout or something like that. Uh, or like a... You're ghosting us, or <laughs> motherfucker, or a Mac. That'll be that's that's a cue. If you have something to say, just yell Mac, Mac, right. Mac, 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 I'm not familiar with Brave Star. I of course know the sword from Conan. Yeah, Brave Star looks to be this. 80 well 87 to be exact september of 87 i think is when it debuted and it's kind of this space cowboy and his horse going on adventures and uh, i don't yeah. know likely saving or whatever solving crimes going from planet to planet i'm not really fully sure but i do know this that when i google image search brave star one of the first images to pop up were this this cartoon cowboy and cartoon horse doing the predator handshake no doubt yes. about it <laughs> what That's in great. the world and this is like i said this is 87 so they would have seen wow. the well movie done predator andrew Biden. nicely done nicely well done, done. Yeah. yeah so um, what else do you got uh, i have chris showing the bone flying through the air during the caveman scene or the primate seeing of 2001 is space odyssey. Oh, that's interesting. That's a pretty good one. That's a little out of the box, but yeah. I love that movie. I love 2001 and that is a very iconic weapon. It is a weapon in that yeah. scene. It's when uh, it's supposed to symbolize when primates, pre-human beings um, first decided to use a tool as a weapon. Right, so this would be okay. So it's the bonus meant to symbolize the first weapon. Then awesome. Yeah. yeah how, how, how much more iconic could you? Uh, John Engel from Alien slash Aliens Minute mentioned the pulse rifle from Alien that Ripley's holding. Oh, yeah. I think all the Classic. Space Marines. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Like James Cameron made famous. Mm -hmm. Walt mentioned the forty-four Magnum from Dirty Harry. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Eric, lucky. yeah. Well, do you? 
punk. There's a drop for you. Uh, Eric mentioned the lightsaber. I believe uh, Eric is uh, someone who said he would want to be on this show when I first oh, announced cool. that I'll be doing Predator Minute. So I'll, I'll have to look back at my notes and see when he wants to be on the show. Oh, nice. So thanks, Eric. Trying to try and take my job, Eric. I see. Eric, or no, I already said Eric. What am I thinking? Oh, Jimmy said the Walter PPK. That's the one my dad mentioned last week. James oh, Bond. yeah. James Bond. Yeah, that's great. Walter PPK. Yeah. Uh, Hillary talked about Han Solo's blaster. Yeah, that's a great one. Hmm. I was going to make a sound effect. I don't have a good sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> Zap. <laughs> Tierney talked about the machete from Apocalypse Now. Oh, yeah. Boy, that's a yeah. dark movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Zach mentioned Strider's Ranger Sword from Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Zach Luna is one of the hosts of Spider-Man Minute. Nice. And I did a little bit of research to try to see what was the name of the sword. And the sword does not have a name, according to the hmm. Lord of the rings Wikipedia, I don't know, Hobbitpedia or something like that. Hmm. So it's just unnamed. And that's what Zach confirmed as well. Uh, Josh talked about Travis Bickle's sleeve gun from Taxi Driver, the Smith & Wesson Escort, it's called, where he has a little trick thing that sends the gun up to his hand from inside of his sleeve. Mm. Um, I haven't really seen taxi driver. So taking that word, taking his word for it, just did yeah. a little bit of research to find out the name of the gun. Uh, and then fact, I have also yeah. never seen taxi driver. There yeah. you go. Yeah. There you go. That's put on, on there. It's on, it's on my, you know, eternal list of classics yes. I need to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, and then Jeff, our esteemed mm-hmm. co-host, uh, put up uh, oh, yes. Ash's chainsaw hand saying, yeah, I had to, movie. I had to. It, ne- it needed to be uh, represented. <laughs> he just wanted to hear it again. I did. <laughs> Groovy. I needed, I needed to hear it again on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Groovy. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks, everybody, for those suggestions and those um, uh answering our our question on the movie by minute facebook group that's a pretty cool facebook group i recently just became a member and lots of fun posts and information and uh some pretty great um entries uh into the movie by minute world so yeah if you're new to movie by minute podcast check out that facebook group i i enjoyed it yeah excellent yeah good suggestion there good call yeah and the website cataloging all at this point 117 movies by minute podcasts is moviesbyminutes.com. And if you want to talk about the progenitors, the beginners of all this minute, uh, all this movies by minutes madness, uh, look no further than Star Wars Minute, started by Alex Robinson and Pete the Retailer. <laughs> Sorry, Pete the Retailer. I'm saying Pete the Retailer because he actually has a canon character named after him now named pete de retalia so whenever i hear pete the retailer i'm thinking pete de retalia um so head there to see the whole catalog of movies broken down in my minutes um, like i said 117 different podcasts uh, which would add up to many more than that number of movies because a lot of these podcasts are breaking down whole series of movies in the minute by minute format part where we talk recommends should we have like a a stinger for this section do you think like something to indicate that we're starting recommends i can't think of anything yeah some sort of little musical drop of some sort yeah yeah it'd have to be of someone like really liking something in a movie or something like that some kind of sound bite mm. where someone's like i love this or something like this we'll we'll think about that right now. yeah we'll think about that um, plug it in yeah there's got to be something good yeah um all right so is that on me for a recommend it's on you okay let's see here um so i didn't get a chance to watch a whole lot this week i've been pretty busy Mm -hmm. with the holidays finishing up and kind of having to get back into work i'm sure you understand oh wait you don't because you're on paternity leave that's right Uh, yeah (laughs) but um i watched the new um black mirror movie that dropped onto netflix And so if I'm sure many of you out there are familiar with Black Mirror, it's a great sci-fi anthology. Every episode is a different story 
and there's three seasons worth of it on Netflix, and it's a, a fantastic show. Probably one of my favorite things that's been made for TV in the last decade or wow. so. Wow. But, but the, uh, the people behind Black Mirror made a movie, and what is fun and interesting and different about this movie is it's a choose-your-own-adventure style movie. Ooh. So as you watch it, there are points in the film when you have to decide what the character does. And using your remote, you choose, and the movie will change depending on your choice. Ooh, question. Are, uh, at mm-hmm. what point of the movie can you whip out the minigun nicknamed Old Painless and just <laughs> take care of everything right then and there? <laughs> just kill everybody in the screen? Yeah. <laughs> Old Painless is waiting. Immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it was, I wasn't quite sure what the experience was going to yeah. be like, um, cause it sounds like kind of a, you know, kind of a novelty, but I have to admit it was super fun. I watched the whole thing and immediately went back and started it over again, choosing different things to see what would happen. And apparently there are, um, I think, I think I read online that there's 20 different Oh endings. my gosh. De- depending on choices you make. Yeah, there's over like five hours of footage um, that was shot for this thing. And so if you, depending on what paths you choose, it, the movie might end in 30 minutes. It might end in an hour and 45 minutes. And so I went back through it a couple times and chose different things to see what different endings came up. And uh, yeah, highly recommend, super fun experience. Black Mirror is sorry. The name of the movie is Bandersnatch. Oh, he was so good in uh, Sherlock. I loved him. <laughs> right, but super super fun. So check that out on Netflix. Bandersnatch from the Black Mirror. All right, books. thanks. Yeah, and that was yeah. that's been causing quite the stir uh, since it's been released. People just been tweeting and facebooking. Yeah, I guess this is nothing new. All about I it. guess this. Yeah, hot take, Bandersnatch is good, coming to you from <laughs> Predator Podcast. That's interesting, because isn't Black Mirror a show? It is. So Black Mirror, the show, is every episode is you know between 45 minutes sure. and an hour. Um, but each show stands alone as its own uh, movie, sort of mini-movie. Oh. And, and they all have to do with future technology of some kind. Um uh, but there's no continuity from one episode to the next in terms of narrative oh, okay. or story. They all they all stand alone. It's it's an anthology, um, and you know as as with any anthology, you get some that are better mm-hmm. than others. But I am I have been constantly impressed by how good every episode is, even if I don't like it as much as maybe another one. Awesome! It's a pretty impressive project. Pretty impressive. Uh, uh, show. Some high praise right there. Yeah, that's really good. Black, Black Mirror. Mirror, checking out this little thing called, and it's mm-hmm. on, that's on Netflix, right? It's on Netflix. It's exclusively on Netflix. Exclusively, yeah. okay. So I'm not yes. gonna go to the theater and then like hit the little buttons to say no minigun, sorry. minigun, minigun, minigun. <laughs> <laughs> Got to use your Roku remote like I did. All right, we'll do. <laughs> Love that Roku. Love that Roku. Yeah. Hey, speaking of, wow, that just dropped right in. Um, my plug, are you all done with your plugs or you want to plug more? I'm done. That's, all right. that's all I got today. Okay. So our, our plug music's run a little bit long. That's good. Like it's really, <laughs> really stretching that, that first feel that, right. I don't know. Maybe you can write something. I don't know. Do you, do you write music? No, you're DJ. That's right. Yeah, He's... no, I only play other people's music. Okay. <laughs> you can stitch together some kind of recommend mix. I love it. The recommix, we'll call it. I... I might be able to do that. Yeah, love it. Work. Oh, that'd be awesome. Have some original, original content song here. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> love it. Okay, so I'm going to recommend a podcast episode. I'm a long, long, long time listener of We Hate Movies. It's a movie mm. reviewed podcast. Um, gosh, they're coming up almost to 400 episodes now. So they've been going for eight, nine. 10 years or something like that. I've been listening to them since I want to say 2013. So going on six years for myself. Wow. One of the- That's funny. I, it's funny you say that. I just recently, like in the last couple weeks mm-hmm. started listening to, we hate movies. Oh, that's great. 
Yeah. It's great. And Doom, yeah. I don't, I'm shocked I did not start earlier. Yeah. Like, they're crazy. They are amazing. I, I, I just want to say that up front. Like, overall, the shows are really well produced. The host banter, just nonstop. Just super funny. Super funny. Yeah. Uh, you, you can tell they're, they're going for more of an improv feel as they're going through uh, the movie breakdown. Yeah. Um, but um, just overall, I, I, I highly recommend the podcast uh, they do one of my favorite things that movie review podcasts do and really the only movie re- review podcasts that i listen to do is go through the movies sequentially they'll talk about like every single scene as it happens and not just kind of like the movie overall or as a whole i've tried different movie mm-hmm. podcasts where like i try to listen and they're just kind of bouncing all over the place they don't have much of a, mm-hmm. a structure and that just drives me nuts that they just like just follow the GD, you know, timeline of the movie, <laughs> and like it's it's just more funny that way with how you're coming to realizations. But they they've always done that, and just with their impressions, they kill it, kill it with their impressions. And the yeah. episode I want to recommend is from uh, last week. They recorded an episode for Batman 1989, the one directed by Tim Burton. Oh, nice, yeah, because. In December, what they did, they changed their title to We Love Movies for the month of December, and it was all these movies they really appreciate, like Back to the Future, Star Wars. Oh, yeah. that's fun. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you can't bag on Batman from... Oh, but I mean, they, all, yeah. all the same, they review it just like they're reviewing the movies uh, when they're doing the movies that are really terrible. Um, but it was, right. But... <laughs> Really, they're they're also talking about what they appreciate about the movies. Uh, but yeah, Batman nineteen eighty nine, just in the last year or so, listen to them is is one of their highlights. I would say just because they mm. really really break down the awesome Nicholson impressions, uh, the, um, mm-hmm. the the Pat Hingle impressions. He plays the commissioner. The William Hootkins impression. William Hootkins is the guy who played Porkins in star wars and who played um the top men guy the guy who had that line at the end of raiders lost ark um he's, he's kind of all over the mm. place but he plays um this guy eckhart and so they'll <laughs> they keep coming back to this detective anyway i'm with, sorry i'm gonna leave it there for now but um they do awesome with the impressions <laughs> including of course our favorite jack palance uh, <laughs> tango oh yes cash. Tango and cash. It's so funny you bring that up because I, like I said, I just recently started listening to that uh, podcast. Right, I was, it was recommended to me. Uh, I can't remember by who, and I was just scrolling through their podcast history, and randomly I just decided to turn on an older one they did a couple Halloweens mm. ago, and they reviewed um, Brain Scan, which is an old uh, horror movie from the mid '90s starring Edward right. Furlong. Of, of T2 fame <laughs> and they the guy keeps on doing this impression of of like of uh, the the bad the bad guy the demon in brain scan is named Trickster which is like the worst right. name ever it's like so generic and they kept and Trickster communicates with Edward Furlong through a DVD or like a C, excuse me a CD-ROM of like a video game right <laughs> And they do this impression of of uh, the of like the demon, uh, and he's like talking to his assistant. His assistant's name is apparently Jeremy, and he's like, "Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy, please mail out the the CD ROMs to all the people around the world." <laughs> Jeremy, and he keeps on talking about Jeremy, this fake personal oh, assistant. Anyway, you can cut this no, out, no, no. but it was pretty hilarious. So I also recommend uh, on the limited uh, listening I have had of them. Awesome. Yeah, there, there's one episode they did a few years ago. I must have been 2014, I'm thinking. Um, I was biking around uh, downtown Everett because we had like stopped the sailboat in Everett for a night or a couple days or something like that. I was biking around, listening to them, and they're doing an episode on... Um, the day after tomorrow, remember that movie with Dennis Quaid? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they're yes. doing this Louis Anderson impressions. Their their whole bit, their, yes, their whole bit became Louis Anderson is like the last, the last 
<laughs> the last man alive and he's recreating like all of television and movie and media just all by himself it, that is a high recommend is the day after tomorrow episode from them because oh my God, they're doing all these iconic that. lines from movies I can't even remember but just all in the Louis Anderson, <laughs> the Louis Anderson. <laughs> I'll be back <laughs> exactly you're going to us motherfucker <laughs> Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You can find our music at Chaosware, that's K-A-O-S-W-A-R-E. And then Smooth McGroove does the acapella versions of songs that you'll occasionally hear playing in the background, like for the Jungle Operations Field Manual, Guide for the Army, 1982. And this is the section of the show where we ask Jeff, where can we find you? Oh boy. (laughs) You can find me on Twitter. At Carl underscore Hungus. That's Carl with a K. My name is Carl been expert. Underscore Hungus 314. Awesome. Carl Hungus Pie. That's right. <laughs> Carl Ickbein Expert, or whatever he says in the clip. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I like uh, I like in the Big Lebowski when he's like, I'm here to fix the cable. <laughs> Hello, my dispatcher says there's something wrong with Dinah Carver. <laughs> Here's my friend, by the way, and she's topless. Yeah. Like, wait, she's what? topless. <laughs> oh, what are you doing here? I'm here to fix the cable. <laughs> All right, so people can find you there. And if uh, people want to email the show about your favorite kind of vision, what it would show, yeah, let us know at predatorminute at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter and Facebook. The direct link you can find, the RSS you can find, at soundcloud.com slash predator minute podcast and gosh i don't think i have anything else so for predator minute i've been john zabriskie and i'm jeff glover and until next minute stick around (laughs) the the last episode you ended so sadly it was so great (laughs) my dad's audio cut out out. stick around around. (laughs) it was so fitting for the moment (laughs) <laughs> we are recording we're given a few seconds to make it easy to remove the noise later does um, that work <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. I'm going to remove all patterns that show up like that. All right. Sorry. I'll be quiet. It's all right. It's all right. No, no. That was, that was terrible. You're ghosting us, Jeff. Ghosting us. Ghosting us, motherfucker. Motherfucker. All right. We need some silence. All right. Jesus. Okay. Uh.